Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody, and happy Tuesday morning if you're watching this. If you're listening to it throughout the week, though, we want to welcome you in. This is the Go 24-7 podcast. My name's Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West. And, Glenn, as we get closer to the end of January... Um, you got to be uh, wined and dined last night at the uh, earlier this weekend at the baseball. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the baseball opening banquet that yeah. is that they had, and uh, so Glenn put on his best tuxedo T-shirt and headed out on a what was a fine night. Glenn, I saw the pictures. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I think that man. Well, look when. When you see the excitement just from the outside through social media, I was excited. So I can guarantee you, what was the excitement like in a preparation for what has a chance to be a really special season? Yeah, it was a really fun night. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, mixture of former players, coaches, uh, fans, uh, the, obviously the current roster. Um, a lot of boosters were there. We saw a couple of boosters walk through. Um it was a really fun night. I mean, I had never been to this banquet before. I had always known about it. Um, but this was the first year that I kind of reached out and said, hey, I'd like to go to this thing as a media member and um, just kind of get the lay of the land of the excitement around this season. And, um, you know, they held it at the Crown Plaza Hotel here, which has a really big kind of reception hall. And they were able to do uh, auction off. I mean, there were probably 100 different items in there that they were auctioning mm-hmm. off. In fact, one of the items was uh, a a box of Cheez-Its from the Cheez-It Bowl with the Cheez-It Bowl logo on it. And the starting auction price was $25 for a box of Cheez-Its. And so uh, <laughs> I bet about – I probably put down a $200 one. I'll see if anybody – I still haven't heard back of the 200 one. Um, but, uh, no, I, I that's complete jokes. I would never <laughs> do that. Um, but, anyway, yeah, it was a really fun night. I mean, they kind of – they had a bunch of old players in there. I mean, Alex Bregman was in there, Kevin Gossman. Uh, Mikey Matuk, Antoine Duplantis. I saw Antoine and shook his hand. He seems to be doing well. Um, and, and yeah, just a really, really uh, uh, a night where you could kind of sit back and really kind of take in the energy and the excitement around this team. I mean, Bregman was one of the first ones to go up to the podium, and he introduced Coach Jay Johnson uh, at this banquet. And uh, he, he essentially said he's gotten to know a lot of these guys over the last couple of years that have been around the program and – uh, he sees that similar work ethic to what he had when he was here uh, as a player. And he had the lights on mentality where, uh, you know, the, the lights were on at 930, 1030, 1130 at night. And I could certainly say that that has been backed up by this group's uh, w- preparation and work ethic. 
Uh, you know, I was walking home from a basketball game not too long ago, and I heard the the batting cages going at like 9:30 at night, and uh, drove by, and there were a dozen so, or so cars, you know, in the parking lot there, and uh, that's the kind of stuff you want to see from a team that you know has a lot of expectations on it, mm-hmm. um, a lot of high high praise and hype around this group from top to bottom because of the roster and the great job that the staff has done uh, on that end. But to see the players back it up with their hard work and their preparation for this season, uh, the mentality they're having entering this year, uh, I think is really, really special. And I think it's going to lend itself to a really good year in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and look, you you pointed that out on the boards. You threw it over on the VIP boards about when you were walking away from that basketball game hearing that. Um, I wanted to get into a quote that Jay Johnson had talking about – that he had a really good coach, and I'm reading it right off of our site. That's a good reason. If you're not a VIP member, you need to be one right here. He said, I had a really good coach tell me that being number one is either an advantage or disadvantage. And we talked about a mindset of how we want to make that an advantage. Um, Now the quote goes on, but Glenn, obviously you liked that one because you put it in the story. How do you do that? How do you think this team embodies that? Because, look, the expectations are sky high. Baseball America, college baseball, you know, any any publication that's worth anything thinks a lot of this program where they are here in 2023. Yeah, so they're ranked number one in, like, I think four different publications that we've mm-hmm. seen so far. Um, and uh, I, I don't expect the hype to die down at all. I mean, we've seen – uh, Dylan Cruz land on a number of preseason All-American National Player of the Year lists. Uh, Trey Morgan, Paul Skeens, uh, Jordan Thompson, all these guys are going to be uh, all SEC candidates, All-American candidates. And um, it, I think the, the the biggest thing that I come back to with this group um, is that they have a great foundation last year. I think that was one of the things that, though LSU struggled at times, Jay Johnson has said this repeatedly in the offseason that he felt like they built a really strong foundation last year in terms of the mindset, in terms of the mentality that they want to have approaching these games. Uh, And LSU was beat up last year. They had a lot Mm -hmm. of injuries last year, and they didn't have quite the depth on the pitching staff uh, that they probably would have liked to in year one. Um, But the, the fact that they went out and they got all these guys from the transfer portal, they signed a bunch of freshmen that very well could have gone to the pros and made a bunch of money last year uh, in this last draft. And so when you add all that up with the returning talent that you have in a Cruz and a Morgan, uh, Jordan Thompson, uh, Gavin Dugas, Alex Malazzo, uh, Josh Pearson, um, you, you, you kind of get the you get the sense that LSU is really set in, in a lot of different areas, and so you know I think the the you know one thing that I heard from Cruz last night, which I thought really stuck, is that they this group just has a different mentality in terms of how they're approaching this year. Um, they they all think that they, they that they can compete for a national championship, that they can win the whole thing, um, and you know they they've backed it up I think with a lot of their work ethic and a lot of the preparation they've had this year. Uh, it was it was it was just a really cool experience, I think, from just the media perspective to kind of get an outside look at, at the fan excitement combined with what the players and the coaches are also starting to think about this season mm-hmm. and how special it could be. And I think, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that Johnson said in that other in that quote that you mentioned is that they're not letting themselves, uh, you know, the number one you know preseason prediction get to their heads. They're just not going to do it. Uh, that's been something that has been instilled in them going back to last year when they were a relatively hyped team with Jacob Berry and that whole crew. 
uh, coming in. They still had a lot of preseason hype last year. It's just not to the level of this. And I think that's in large part due because of the the new guys, the newcomers they brought in. But you also think it's a year of development for guys like Cruz and for Morgan and all these pitchers that we've heard so much about with Ty Floyd and Grant Taylor who are making great strides. Um, and, and so it's just a – I think it's just a really connected team, a really connected group that's it's going to have a lot of fun this year. And uh, they obviously get started here on the 27th, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun indeed. And then opening the season up on February the 17th, which will be here before we know it. Uh, look, you've mentioned a lot of names. And as we get closer to the season, we're going to kind of preview different position groups. And, and we've done a little bit of that already on the site. But I want to talk about this because you listen off a bunch of names. And, and Glenn, this is a program that has built the foundation. The word culture is, I think, overused a lot when we talk about sports, but for good reason. It's a cliche term. Uh, the football program's doing that, but the baseball program has as well. So they sit right now with a, with a, with a good problem, in my opinion, and it's a overabundance of talent. And being able to find enough at-bats, find enough innings for all these guys, you know as well as I do, you covering college baseball and me having uh, spent time with the college baseball in two, there's ebbs and flows to a season. Different guys are going to step up at different you know, different conference weekends, different midweek games. Uh, when you look at this roster construction from a 30,000-foot view, I mean, does it feel like to you it's built to withstand those that roller coaster that a season can bring? Yeah, I mean, I just looking at the roster and looking at – I mean, I, I went in-depth last week on a position breakdown of just the, the names and the guys that could be competing at these different spots. And, I mean, I had no trouble getting to, to three deep in, at, at, at every spot in terms of the, the position groups and then also uh, outlined a number of players that I think will compete for starting jobs on the pitching rotation. So – uh, I absolutely think this is going to be a, a, one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in, in, in college baseball next year. Um, you know, just I guess a couple names that maybe we should just highlight in terms of mm-hmm. guys that um, maybe aren't getting a lot of the shine but will be competing for really key positions. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the middle infield. Uh, ben Nipholtz is a name that should everyone should know from VCU. He's a transfer uh, he, he could easily see some time at second base or shortstop. Um, uh, you know, another name to know is obviously Gavin Dugas, who uh, spent a lot of time in the outfield in his career, but he was initially recruited as an infielder at LSU. Uh, he missed a lot of last year with some injuries, uh, some really fluky injuries. And so he's back in the fold. He'll be competing at second base uh, and in the outfield as well. And then another name is Jack Merrifield, who – was kind of playing, I don't want to say out of position, but it wasn't his primary position. Mm-hmm. He was a Juco guy uh, who you know came in last year, spent some time at third base, uh, didn't really, I guess, had a struggling time adjusting to that early on in his career. But he was an all-defensive player, uh, Golden Glove guy in the Juco league, uh, Juco ranks as a second baseman. And so I think he's a guy that you can see slide over to second base, maybe earn a couple opportunities um, and that's just one example of, of, of a number of guys that could be competing at just one position. I, I think there's going to be – I mean, look, Trey Morgan's going to be first every day. Dylan Cruz is going to be your center fielder every day. Uh, Josh Pearson, whether it's in left or right field, he's going to be in the outfield every day. He's proven that. Um, so there are some guys that you know are going to stick in this lineup and in, in this rotation, but I, I'm just looking at it as – I mean, you've got so many guys that are coming in and you're right. There's only going to be so much playing time for all of them. 
Um, but I think probably the, the the best thing that Jay Johnson's done um, is 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 instill that mentality in the group that what you can do here is not only develop and maybe not see the field all the time early in your career, mm -hmm. but you can start and you can learn from these guys that are so you know are going to be future big leaguers. I mean, Dylan Cruz is a future big leaguer. Uh, Trey Morgan is a potential future big leaguer. They have so many guys on this roster right now that these young guys can learn from, that they can grow from, develop off of. And and look, injuries are a part of the game. There's, I think this is, this is a 56-57 game schedule uh, for LSU. There's going to be some nicks and knacks every once in a while that I think will allow a lot of these younger guys to get some significant playing time. And so I, I do think this is going to be a, a situation where LSU can feel comfortable uh you know, at every spot, you know, whether it's two or three deep in the pitching rotation, uh, you know, I think that's it's it's gonna it's gonna be a number of guys: Paul Skeens, Thatcher Hurd, Christian Little, uh, Ty Floyd, Grant Taylor. I think that's probably the main core that I'm picturing right now is the five guys that are going to compete for weekend rotation spots. Um, but there's there a couple guys that absolutely could could throw their you know their weight around as well. Blake Money is a guy that comes to mind, but. Uh, I, I just think this is a roster that is much more equipped to handle injuries than it was last year, and I think that's just because of the depth that consists throughout the entire roster. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Injuries, slumps. I mean, look, some of these preseason things are hard to live up to. Uh, when we reconvene, we're going to reconvene well before this, but we can reconvene and maybe we do a postseason recap. We hope that that is well into the month of June, and then maybe maybe we take a little break, take a vacation, and come back in July and be able to talk about what a successful season is. But in your opinion, Glenn, you were there last night. The expectations are high. The culture is there. I mean, realistically, getting to Omaha is is attainable. But what is a success in your mind? I mean, it just specifically for you, having covered this program, been around it for as long as you have. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of seasons that have been pretty hyped up in the past. I remember my first semester as a, as a college student writer was 2017 when they went all the way to the national championship uh, and lost to Florida, and that was a team that had Kramer, Robertson, Alex Lang, Cole Freeman, um, a young Antoine Duplantis, a young Josh Smith. I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these names I'm saying right now are playing in the big leagues. And so, um, you know, there's, there's some, uh, you know, there's some comps, I think, to that group, but I do think that this is a team that even has usurped that in terms of the preseason hype. I, I just I can't recall a team that has been so highly regarded by everyone. I mean, every every publication, every you know major league scout that was here in the fall. I mean, there was a number of teams that were watching these guys 
uh, you know, back in fall ball, and I'm sure there will be a lot more uh, come the season. I just can't recall a, a team that has had this level of expectation and this level of, of talent on the roster. And so I, I absolutely think the – I mean, it would be disappointing if LSU didn't get to Omaha this year. It, mm-hmm. it would just be a massive, massive disappointment. Um, and, and they should be able to host. I mean, I, I, I this is a team that – was consistently hosting regionals and super regionals for for several years under Coach Maneri and under uh, obviously the legend Skip Bertman, um, but it's been a little while since LSU hosted a, a regional super regional in Baton Rouge, and there's really nothing like it. I mean, I don't have to sit on this pod and explain it to a lot of the LSU fans who will be watching this, but uh, when they pack the box in for those postseason games at Alex Box, it really is electric. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's something that, you know, these this core group, this Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Dugas, those guys really haven't experienced a lot of in their time here. Uh, and uh, it would be a great way to send all those players off. Um, obviously be great for the program, great for Coach Johnson and, and as he kind of tries to establish some sustained winning here. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of the – that's kind of the deal right now is that you, you you kind of expect this team to be in Omaha and if they're not it's it's a disappointment so that's that's a good thing but it's also something you have to manage in terms of the ebbs and flows that you go through in a season let's go back to what you said about this core group not really being able to experience that uh, sometimes we see you know baseball players especially in this game when they get to a certain level where they haven't experienced it you see two things. Uh, what you don't know doesn't hurt you because you've never been there. So it's kind of this, uh, you know, blissful ignorance. You just kind of go in it with an open mind. Or we see sometimes players crack. Um, obviously, we would like, you know, the former to happen. How does this group avoid that? I know it's a lot of those late night cage sessions, a lot of those 9 30, 10 30, 11 30 things. Uh, in your opinion, how do you avoid getting to a spot? Hey, we've never been here before, but now it's time to get that experience. Yeah, I mean, when I say we haven't been here before, I mean they haven't been in the mm-hmm. position where they're hosting at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you, when you have the backing of your crowd, you really can play off of that, be a little bit more free, a little looser. Um, they played very well in the regional last year in Hattiesburg at Southern mm-hmm. Miss. They got all the way to the final two games and just couldn't put them away. Um, they get they got all the way to the Tennessee Super Regional two years ago with Cruz and Morgan as true freshmen, and uh, you know they. They, they just got blitzed by Tennessee that series. That was a really good Tennessee team. Um, and so they've, they've played in hostile environments before. They know how to win in those environments. They, they won the Oregon uh, Corvallis Regional that year uh, that they went to the Super Regional two years ago. Um, but it, it's a little bit of a different feel when you get to play at home and you get to have the backing of those fans and Alex Box. And so um, that's that should absolutely be a goal for this team this year. They should absolutely be pushing for a top eight national seed. Um, but you, you, you mentioned it. You've got to go through some some difficult stretches. I'm sure that, you know, no matter how great or how poorly LSU starts this year, uh, there's there's going to be some really good highs and some 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 good lows, too. So, like, you, how you respond off of that, how you respond off of adversity uh, it, it, it's a situation that a lot of these players have been in here at LSU. They've, they've had a lot of big moments. They've, they've come through with a lot of big plays. Um, but, you know, they've, they've, they've also got, you know, kind of the understanding that, you know, we haven't, we haven't exactly fulfilled, you know, kind of the, the main goal, which is to get to Omaha and to compete for that national championship. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a valid question in terms of, 
uh, you know, overall expectations and the overall goals of this group. But um, I, I, I just don't see any way that uh, LSU, barring injury, of course, that LSU won't be in a very favorable position come postseason time. This roster is just so talented, uh, and these players have been putting in uh, just – a lot of extra work. I mean, I, I've I've driven by the the you know the box a couple times late at night, and there have been cars out there at all hours, and it's just really refreshing to see. I think it's really uh, an indication of the the mentality and the mindset that Johnson and uh, these coaches have have put into these players, and you know they're taking with it and running it. Yeah, and obviously we'd like to see them get off to a great start on February the 17th. But, you know, one thing about the college baseball season, we talk about the ebbs and flows. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint by any means. I mean, you have to be able to weather a tough conference play, too. I mean, Glenn, this is an SEC conference that I know we're not going to do a whole episode on, you know, uh, specifically team by team. We'll obviously take looks at teams throughout the season. I mean, but when you look at the quality of play in the SEC and how it just continues to grow, the coaching is better. The players are better. I mean, this is something where, you know, when you look at how the Tigers stack up, obviously they have number one rating. Uh, should a goal be to be that number one overall seed as well heading into the SEC tournament? Yeah, I mean, sure, it doesn't hurt. I mean, when, when you've got to face off the likes of, you know, Tennessee and Ole Miss, who's coming off a national championship last year, and Mississippi State's always really good. Vanderbilt's always really good. Um, LSU's going to be playing in there. They're going to have enough uh, in terms of valid competition uh, mm -hmm. come postseason time to really feel comfortable about where their team is, uh, what the, the, you know, the weaknesses are, what the strengths are. Um, that's what the SEC, especially in baseball, is all about. I mean, these guys, uh, it's, it really does seem year after year, these programs uh, really just wail on each other, and they, they, they get some good, uh, some good licks in on, on, on their opponents. And, you know, what separated, you know, a 50-plus you know, win Tennessee team a couple of years ago from, you know, an, a 40-win LSU team last year uh, is in the details, and it's in how you prepare for road games. It's how you – uh, 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 handle injuries, how you overcome adversity, that kind of stuff. There's a lot that you can learn from the SEC in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the league play. I mean, I think in the D1 baseball uh, top 25 rankings, four of the top five teams are in the SEC. And yeah. so uh, that's just, I mean, that's going to be great experience for LSU this year. Come postseason time, they're going to be in a lot of tight games. Uh, they're going to figure out a lot about their rotations, a lot about their their roles, uh, which players succeed, which players, you know, you, you might need to sit in such certain situations. And, uh, I mean, that's that's just the benefit of playing in this conference and especially at this high level. It's going to be really fun to watch because it's a team now, uh, obviously, with a target on its back. Uh, no one's going to be surprised when LSU comes to town or when a team, a non-conference opponent, comes into Baton Rouge. They know what they're going up against. And a lot of these non-conference games, um, you know, being around college baseball and you have a team that's ranked in the top 25 in this situation, number one, I mean, this is arguably, for a lot of these mid-major programs, it's a chance for a resume builder, a, a, a win that could potentially get them in uh, to the field and, and obviously a chance to compete for uh, postseason play. So, look, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. Uh, we're going to go more in depth on some position, maybe some some sleepers that, we, like we talked about, we mentioned a couple names here early on in the podcast. Uh, but, don't Glenn, overall – Don't panic with the midweek loss. 
Oh, don't please, please. We, we know Glenn, I haven't been around LSU baseball enough, but I've seen some midweek losses and I've seen the panic that fan bases have taken from it. Oh, you haven't seen anything unless until you've seen an LSU midweek loss to an in-state school. Um, it happens probably once a year, maybe a couple times more uh, throughout the course of any particular season. Um, don't panic, folks. It's okay. <laughs> there we it's go. Okay. There we go. I love the public service announcement from Glenn West himself. Uh, final question for you, Glenn, uh, and this is the real serious one. What was the best food item that you had at the banquet? What, what, what were they serving? So they uh, they had this, uh, it was like a chicken parmesan kind of deal where they had a nice, you know, breaded chicken and uh, pasta and uh, side of vegetables. And they had, they had the dessert on the tables like an hour before they actually served dinner. Um, and so the media actually wasn't sure if we were going to have a table. Apparently a whole table never showed up. So we just kind of snuck in the back and stole that table because no one ever showed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all very, very well put together. Very fun. There were probably a thousand people there. Uh, it was probably one of their biggest nights they've ever had at the auction. So, uh, there's a lot of buzz around this team right now. And I think it's very warranted. Um, but until we get to see these guys out on the field, you can never truly tell what, what's in store for a particular season. But I, uh, I'd be very surprised if this team doesn't wind up in Omaha. Yeah, and if you get the chance to see uh, a game, obviously, at the box, and you see Glenn, make sure to ask for a couple Cheez-Its after he wins that uh, big Cheez-It box from, uh, from from the raffle. Absolutely love that. Well, Glenn, we appreciate it. We can't wait to keep talking baseball uh, as we get closer and closer. Make sure, if you are not already, head over to Go 24-7 and subscribe VIP. We're actually going to have some really cool stuff coming out. I uh, got the chance to catch up with a couple of uh, commits out of next year's class, and how do they view the expectations of these guys? and being able to get to some games and seeing what the Tigers have in action. So a lot of fun stuff. And, Glenn, we can't forget, we're going to be talking with Sonny later on the week. Recruiting is in full swing on the football side of things. Back-to-back podcasts that we don't have to talk about basketball. That is a plus. But, Glenn, we will end it right here. The bat, the jerseys. I'm a jersey guy. Baseball got some new jerseys, I heard. I was, I was yeah. kind of looking on social media. So new uniforms for baseball, basketball, unveiled a nice little jersey that uh, you got a T-shirt from, I think. I got a T-shirt and I tried it on last night. It doesn't quite fit. So, I, to Prop all top. my friends and family who saw the shirt and want the shirt, I'm taking bids right now. So, taking bids right now. Hey, if you yes. want to comment down below, subscribe to the channel, like it. That'll enter you into the raffle for Glenn's yes. throwback. What 1970s? It's LSU. Yep. 1979 yep. LSU throwback uh, little t-shirt jersey thing. It's really cool. Really cool. Well, that's all the time we have for, and that's probably a good thing. Uh, Glenn, appreciate it as always, man. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to head over to the forums as well. We have some great stuff talking constantly. We've got a great baseball thread that is uh, it's really cool, and it's going to be really fun to see how that uh, blows up even more during baseball season. We will see you next time, and stay tuned to the, fo- the board the forums, and everything we have going on. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.